Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 75! 75! Sounds like a big number. Uh, you always think this. I do this. always think this. It's like three quarters of a century. It really makes a girl think. <laughs> <laughs> 75 is also a very fine cocktail. A French one. Yes, it is. A French 75. Oh, we're having those today? No. No, oh, okay. Well, how are you, Nick? I'm all right. I'm all right. Another week. Another week. Another week that stuff is happening. Many things. things. generally happen. It's not very exciting things, but they're ticking along. If you, maybe. <laughs> yes, I'm having an insanely busy week. Popular, so many things to do. I'm not popular. So many engagements <laughs> with your adoring public. So many cards, so many callers, <laughs> so many soirees and box socials for me to attend. Yes. No, it's a manic week. I think I put it out on social media that I am in a play this week and that's not me showing off going, hooray, look at me, I'm fabulous. It means if all of this is terrible when I edit it, it's because I'm sleep deprived. That's exactly what it means. It's Sinead going, look at me, aren't I fabulous? I'm an actor. Actor, 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 don't you know? Acting. (laughs) Now I'll just go on stage and go, Shakespeare. (laughs) Well, any poisonings this week? No. No? No. No, you're very, very determined with that, aren't you? Yeah. I know nothing has happened at all. There's no dead people anywhere. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, right. I will not look up the chimney. <laughs> not that I often do when I come around your house. <laughs> yes, I've, I've never noticed you do that before. You come so in, put my be, bag down, look up the chimney. It would be an interesting thing to start. See if Santa's there. Quite, yes. I'm in, always ready for Christmas. In August, absolutely. <laughs> He's there, left over from last year. Is that how he died? You poisoned <laughs> struggling, him. Struggling to get out. And then just shoved him up the chimney. Yep. Th- this is getting upsetting. It's getting weird. It's getting upsetting. It's getting weird. <laughs> well, speaking of um, shoving people up chimneys. <laughs> I really thought, how is she going to get into that, out of that one? And waiting for Christmas. <laughs> I think it's time for us to thank our delicious Patreon subscribers. Yes, we should. Thank you so much. Thank you to Amy Chapman. To Katty. Uh, to James. To Elizabeth. And Amy Hill. Thank you so much. Lots of single named people out there. Yes, it's like Cher. Yes, and Madonna, Cher, Sting. They're all Patreon subscribers They're all as well. Patreon subscribers. Thank you, darlings. You're all very, very sexy. Very, very beautiful. Beautiful Patreon subscribers. We love you so much. Yes. We hope you've enjoyed the stories this week. It went a bit mad, actually, this week on this yes, week's indeed episode. Yes, indeed it did. There was a lot of... 
candelabra action going on as far as I recall we've come up with a new series of books and songs (laughs) as well if you want to know more about what the hell we're rambling about now then get on to Patreon if you haven't already it is but five dollars a month you can get extra episodes and all sorts of extra delicious content for your listening pleasure very very exciting Negroni's involved (laughs) is there a Negroni involved now Nick no no Pre-episode Negroni, you know it's going to be a good Pre-cocktail one. cocktail. Pre-cocktail cocktail. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? Yes. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? I think so. Or mm. we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. Nope. No, nope. no, no. You're already way ahead I'm of already us. way ahead, yep. We're going to go with the first one. It's a good choice. Hooray, hooray, hooray. It is your story this week, but we yes. can't, we can't, we can't possibly have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, every week, dear listeners, we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story, so Nick's pick. Hmm. Hmm, hmm Nick. Hmm. No. Okay, so the secret ingredient this week is... Vegetables. Just vegetables. Just vegetables. Vegetables. Is that how we're saying it now? Vegetables. Vegetables. Yes, that's how it's now pronounced. <laughs> okay, it's an ingredient? Yes. It's pretty damn broad. Yes. It is broad. I was not able to narrow it down any further. Than vegetables. The, the, the hours of research I did into this particular aspect of the story um, <laughs> enlightened me no further apart from vegetables. Vegetables. <laughs> okay, well, there's a lot you can do with oh, vegetables. Well, indeed. People on social media are obviously sh- saying vegetables, the greatest poison of them all. Quite right. A lot of people thinking Bloody Mary. Well, I know you like a Bloody Mary. I do. I know you like a Bloody Mary. It's one of your favourites. So, of course, we are definitely not having that. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, that's straight off the list. It's like it's like a snack and a drink at the same time. I like it. I'm hungry now. So I'm like, oh God, what what filth is spewing from your kitchen then this week, Nick? <laughs> this week we are having a Red King. Uh, oh, I was expecting something like Vegetable Galore was the name of the cocktail, which would be awful, actually, is a name. We're having a carrot martini. <laughs> a carrotini, if you a will. A carrotini. <laughs> and you'd still yell because there wasn't any of them. Yeah, exactly. A red king. A red king. Oh, okay. Cool. Well, I like the sound of this now. Ah. Suddenly I'm on board. Ah. I'm wondering what variety of red bloody vegetables are on here. Just, yeah. You're shrugging. You're 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 shrugging. You're me. Or has it got like V8 juice or something in there? Got a what? A V8. I think it's like... Isn't that, a, isn't that engine? A, a, that too. No, it's... <laughs> it's um, got like engine oil in it. I might yeah, be absolutely. getting this wrong. It's a vegetable juice. It's Is it's it? just vegetable juice. You get, you know, you can get... Can really, I say something? Yes. It's not that. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop it, shutting that Just, right down. Yeah, shutting it right down. Nothing to do with that. Never heard of it. Not happening. <laughs> that look in your eye came over going, okay, she's going down she's, a tangent she's, she's going no on a weird. part of. <laughs> All right, but it's not vegetable juice then. Fine. You're Red King. Mm, like a deck of cards. And what, how many vegetables are in it? How many vegetables are used to stir it? I think it's time for us to go into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm. So we'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Okay, Nick. A red king. <laughs> red king. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> this is the first time Nick's gone into the poisonous cabinet kitchen and just very slowly closed the Close door. Close the door. You cannot see the secrets that lie within. And then immediately I heard something being sawed or chopped <laughs> up. Something crunchy was hap- was being cut up in the kitchen. I was like, are you cutting a crusty loaf or something? What is happening? Cutting the vegetables. The vegetables. Oh, I didn't think there was literal vegetables in it. <laughs> and now, yes... Nick has brought out the Red King, which is more pink than red, it is, I shall it is, say. That is true, that is true. And it has 
a garnish of two slivers of radishes. Yes. I can only assume. <laughs> I came in today to Nick's house and I saw some radishes on the side. I'm so hungry. I went, oh, can I have a radish? And just ate it raw going, oh, this is sad. But little did I know. Hey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yes. I, what is in yes. this? Well, what well, is well, it? We'll find out. All right. Beautiful, beautiful colour in a martini yeah. glass. Smell is, oh, interesting. Mm, that's surprising. Oh, that's, that's, that's surprising is the word there. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's time for us to taste. So, Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, oh, um. That's not unpleasant at all. Yeah. I don't know what it is. <laughs> You're right, it's not it's unpleasant. It's not unpleasant. But it's not... Pleasant. Pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Mm. Okay, I'm second sipping yeah. this because... Yeah, that's um, <laughs> It's an interesting series of flavors. <laughs> it's it's uh, what? <laughs> well, um, all I can you think is confused. that there's radishes in here somehow. There are indeed radishes, radishes. In Ra- the- of all the goddamn vegetables. We went with radishes. Radishes. I mean, I don't mind a radish. I just ate yeah, one raw. Exactly. They're, they're peppery. Yes. Yeah, it's got an aftertaste, and it's it's quite a sour... A radishy one. A radishy <laughs> aftertaste. Well, like, much like a radish itself. You eat that, and you go, oh, it's fine. Then a bit later, you go, ooh, pepper. <laughs> yeah, it's got a bit of a... Quite a sour aftertaste, which I normally don't mind. I don't... <laughs> I sense there is no sweetness in here. What what What's happening? Okay. Okay. So, shall I put you out of your radish-based misery? Yes. Tell me what has occurred in that kitchen <laughs> behind closed doors. <laughs> the ominous noises you heard were me grating a radish. Oh, you were grating oh, a radish. Grating a radish. Two radishes. Two rad. <laughs> grating a radish. Yes. Okay. Mm. And put it in my cocktail shaker. Okay. And then on top of that, we have some gin. Oh, nice. We have some cochi americano. Oh, yes, an amaro. We have uh, some grapefruit. A oh, grapefruit? Yeah. A drop okay. of grapefruit. We have yeah. some lemon juice and a bit of sugar. A little bit of sugar. All muddled together, muddly, 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 to release the radishiness from the grated radish. <laughs> <laughs> then shaken with some ice till it's nice and cold, and then obviously a rather very fine strain. Very fine to strain. Remove the radishiness, and we're left with this pink loveliness. It's a beautiful colour. <laughs> the radish has given it the most. Oh, and some peaches, bitters as well, oh, which are bitters. also red. So, oh that, yeah, that would help. That has helped. I think that and the grapefruit has helped towards the pink hue. Okay, that's that's a way of doing a cocktail. Yeah, I'm intrigued to make it again without the radish and see if it makes any difference whatsoever. I can taste radish in so, there. Oh, good. Well, at least you can taste it. A bit of warmth going on in the background there somewhere, which I yes. think might be sort of a, a radishy pepperiness. And I don't find it unpleasant. What I'm thinking is that there's no reason why all of those things were mixed together. I mean, it just seems if it was world-beatingly beautiful, then fine. But I kind of feel like... Someone had a bad day. <laughs> Someone had some radishes and thought they would be clever and then mix some stuff up and all their friends had to go, mmm, because they were going through like a divorce or something. They went, look, I've invented a, invented a cocktail and, and now it's been passed into history. <laughs> and I don't know why you would do this. It's how cocktails are invented. Who would have thought a Bloody Mary would work? Until someone went, oh, let's give it a go. And it's very nice. I can see a Bloody Mary working Only better. because you've had one and you know it's nice. <laughs> well, it's just tomato juice, which is a tomato, nice, basic, and then stick some vodka in there, which doesn't taste of anything, and some spices. Delicious. It's a, it's a boozy I, I, soup. You can imagine someone thinking, that, oh, look, some no. radishes and some gin. What a delightful combination, people <laughs> thought. I don't know anyone who's who's done that 
look between a pile of radishes and the bottle of gin and went, hello, wait a minute. My my drinks are not radishy enough. Well, that's because you haven't invented many cocktails. But now I'm thinking horseradish in a cocktail. Now that I'd be more there, on there, board with. There are some like wasabi cocktails you can get as well yes. with a like, real oomph behind it. That that so. I'd be more intrigued to try because yeah. wasabi and, and horseradish, you know. Well, they're not vegetables, are they? <laughs> well, they are, are they? Are they? They're roots. They're a root. A root vegetable. There you go. Would you say a parsnip were not a vegetable? Where's the parsnip martinis, mate? (laughs) (laughs) I think it's more on the salad scale of a vegetable. I was expecting a potato. (laughs) (laughs) It's not unpleasant. It's not pleasant. It's not world Fine. It's very sour. The grapefruit in there. I'd, I'd go more sugar. And more radishes. More radishes. (laughs) There's not enough radishes. (laughs) It's it's all right. What? What did you want me to That's say? The thanks, I get. Do you think it's amazing? Do you think it's amazing? It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Was it worth the radishiness? No, I've had worse drinks. But we've all had worse we've, drinks. We've had worse drinks. We have had worse drinks. So that's as much as I can say about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird enough that you should try it, people. <laughs> if you're a big radish fan, this is the one for you. Well, quite. The few out there. <laughs> Who've just been longing and waiting and praying for a radish pastry. Oh, they know about this already. The Red King is also overselling this. <laughs> Red King conjures up something dark and regal and powerful. And like a is... radish! No! What? <laughs> Have you ever had a radish? Can I just check that those, you've eaten a radish? Those dark and regal vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> radish is the most small and jewel-like and just turns up at court. It's a bit of a court jester. With our Red King's... In hand? I'm still going to drink it. Oh, how generous you are. I'm still going to drink it and I'm going to eat the radish on the side because <laughs> I'm really hungry. <laughs> and this is how sad my life is now. I'm just eating radish as a snack. But thank you, Nick, for making the delicious yeah, yeah, cocktail. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, well, too little, too late. And I'm sure you've got a lovely, lovely story to well, balance I did. out the horror that is this cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. I know Gosh. it's a wonderful, wonderful story coming with a lovely cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> radishes all yeah please make this story be about a radish seller who fell on hard times oh well, I've, I've, I, don't, I don't need to do it now do I so <laughs> is it time for a story yeah so I need I hope you are ready for a bit of drama today oh good okay yes because we do have a story that is full of greed and ambition uh, and ruthlessness uh, and axes uh, and poison uh, and radishes yay <laughs> <laughs> it's very dramatic so we start our story in Vienna mm, with a humble radish seller <laughs> Love it. Love Vienna. I've heard about the radish trade. Yeah, absolutely. Thriving it is. Thriving. (laughs) Um, So, yes, we start our story in Vienna with the birth of Martha Lowenstein in 1904. Now, the Lowensteins are very, very poor and have a harsh life. And Martha was, in fact, orphaned when she was still a child. We don't know what killed her parents, but I imagine something like cholera or some evil infectious disease that often ran through the slums of big cities. Radish tidal wave. Radish, the tidal wave of radishes. Swept away in a sea of radishes. (laughs) No! But Martha survived this radish tsunami. (laughs) Eventually some equally poor neighbours took pity and adopted her. As she grew up, Martha was taught to sew by her adopted mother, and when she was 13, she was deemed skilled enough to get a job at a local dress shop, starting in the workshop doing basic repairs and such. But as she got older, and as her skill increased, she moved into the shop itself. Well, I'm sure it didn't hurt having this young, charming, attractive woman uh, working behind the counter. Now, this is where she caught the eye of a wealthy customer, Moritz Fritsch. 
Moritz Fritsch. Moritz Fritsch. Now, Fritsch owned a department store in Vienna. Very, very grand, and was often in the store on business. But as Martha got older, Fritsch took quite the shine to the young woman, and became more and more frequent visitor. And she became quite used to his visits, and the little gifts that he would bring. Oh, nice. You say that, but there was a, a slight downside to this growing friendship. Boris Fritsch was in his 70s. Oh, 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 do, oh dear God. <laughs> so, yes. And she's how old? Um, well, there are conflicting reports about how old Martha was when the two of them became acquainted. She's not 70. It varies between 13 and 16. <gasps> Oh, oh, God. So, oh, that was a nice story. And, oh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, for the sake of a, a happy m- murder story, I, I'm going to assume it was the older age range. I don't want to think it was the lower one. Oh, well, um, that makes it fine then. Um, but we do know that in the early 1920s, Fritz takes Martha in officially as his ward. It is likely that Moritz realises that a 50-year age gap is going to cause a bit of gossip and a bit of a scandal around <laughs> town. And rather than risk the raised eyebrows of his peers with a 16-year-old bride or, or mistress, he reasons that it's perfectly acceptable for him to appear around town accompanied by a young ward. Um, that he has rescued from poverty what a hero everyone would think he was. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, the truth may have been rather more transactional. Moritz is a rich old man, Martha is a beautiful young woman exchange for sex he provides her with a beautiful home a nice wardrobe he sends her to an exclusive finishing schools in London and Paris where she is surrounded by wealth and privilege and learns to be a lady oh okay I'm on board with this a little bit (laughs) I mean as an adult I would say that as a teenager also people aren't stupid no well no indeed not no way at all are we having all the sex no way at all so for her now life growing up in the poverty and the slums of Vienna is a distant memory but the other girls at the schools that she attends instantly know that she is not one of them and they do not let her forget it and she has a miserable time bloody girls school i know but but these experiences do cement in her mind that this is the life that she is going to live from now on she has experienced this world of luxury and refinement the parties and the fancy frocks and there is no way she's going back to those humble beginnings in a slum when she returns to vienna martha again goes to live with fritsch um in his mansion in the woods outside vienna he has a grand estate um, in a nice countryside, just on the outskirts of Vienna, very, very civilised. Love a mansion in the woods. <laughs> Absolutely. Nothing can go wrong Nothing there. Nothing can go wrong there at all. <laughs> young ingenue <laughs> rocking up. <laughs> she hasn't been back too long, though, when she meets a young engineer named Emil Malik. Now, Malik isn't... He's not the sharpest knife in the block, it has to be said. But he is he is handsome, he's young and exciting. Everything that Oldfrich is not. Mm. Um, and the two begin... A, passionate relationship mm-hmm. right under the nose of her guardian it's very like a fairy tale though, it is very actually, it is yes. very absolutely yes or indeed. it's mediocre romance novels <laughs> are written on when fritz dies he just of old age nothing untoward going on there mm-hmm. he he leaves the mansion and all his money to martha as he had once promised her brilliant um, she now has enough to live in sublime comfort for the rest of her life this amazing estate all this money mm. she is got it made she is now richer than she could ever have imagined and she is free to do what she wanted without this old man constantly looking over her shoulder and being a bit pervy uh, <laughs> the radish deliveries go through the through roof, the roof. <laughs> constant wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow <laughs> full of radishes more cocktails based on radishes we have other liquors in the house madam nope, nope. nope I remember my roots <laughs> in 1924 Martha and Emil marry 
no expense spared. Nice. Um, she actually invites some of the girls that she was at finishing school with. Yes, yes. I, that I, is petty I, as hell, exactly. and I am here for it. <laughs> so I, I, I can't imagine they had actually become friends over the intervening years. <laughs> I think it's probably more of a look at me with my stately mansion in the woods and all my money and my new husband, who's not too bright but does what he's told, and he's great in the sack. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what the invitation read. That's what the invitation says. <laughs> Who knows if they actually turn up or not. But, but you would, you would. If you're from a finishing school and you're that sort of high society, they're going to uh, want to rock up and be seen and she's going to rub their rub noses it in. in. Look at me now. You are painting him as a complete idiot, by the way, that he's well, just walking into you, walls. you just wait. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> you're just like, yeah, I love you. <laughs> yes, dear, just say, I do. <laughs> <laughs> the wedding is a lavish event. Most of Viennese society is invited Yay. probably thinking why the hell am I here who is this woman um, oh look champagne um, <laughs> <laughs> the reason I go to every yeah, wedding well exactly <laughs> the couple revel in their new fortune living an extravagant lifestyle they completely redecorate the mansion spending thousands upon thousands on new furniture and art and lovely things eating at the finest restaurants and only visiting the most exclusive boutiques but they are so carried away with living the good life that they forget to pay any attention to this fast dwindling bank account oh no do that yeah you should probably look at what's going on with the bank account yes. turns out the fridge uh, he has not left the department store to Martha. That has gone to business partners. He's left the house and a huge bank account, but there's no money coming in no, to no replace... Income. There's no income at all ah. to replace this money that is going out like water. Emile has, st- has stopped working and is living off his wife's money, and they are both blissfully unaware or entirely ambivalent about the approaching disaster. Well, they've never had to work very hard for money. She certainly hasn't. I mean, it's a good move, I suppose. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> on her part, but it's not like she's being a particularly shrewd businesswoman. Not in the slightest, no. And he clearly is an idiot, apparently. <laughs> money comes on trees. They do. That's I'm getting worse, that <laughs> Is it? Oh, God, no. I, I'm sort of oblivious to it now, no, actually. It's not no, too no, bad. No, I took a mouthful. Like, Was it, is the radish starting to The hit? radish is starting to warm up. <laughs> the radishes revenge. Radishes revenge. <laughs> In just a few short years, they have squandered a fortune that had been meant to last a lifetime. It's always a way. They are forced to sell the mansion, the art, the fancy furniture, all the extravagant hats all have to go. <laughs> but Martha is not going to take this lying down. She knows what poverty is like and there is no way she is going to live that life again. She's had to sell the beds and everything. <laughs> Desperate, Martha devises a foolproof plan to get out of their difficulties. Love it. Martha takes out an insurance policy on beloved husband Emile. Oh, really? I say, now I do know what you're thinking, and you would be entirely wrong. But would I? This is not an insurance, po- a life insurance policy. Okay. This is a policy that covers Emile against accidents. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so what, injury? Yes, or injury through accident. But not death. But not death. Oh, oh, oh. Not, not death at all. Just oh. just unfortunate accidents. <laughs> and he is insured for the equivalent of £140,000 in today's money. So, for oh, an accident. Right. So, a considerable sum for an accident. And I say, as we have heard, Emile is not perhaps the sharpest guy. But some reports actually claim that it's rather more than that. That Andy actually suffers from some sort of learning difficulty or mental illness. What we do know for sure, that he is incredibly suggestible. He is very easily manipulated <laughs> by... By Martha. That is a Simpsons quote. You're the highly suggestible type. Thank you. <laughs> and so Martha plans an accident 
for no. Emil. Not wanting to kill him outright, of course. He is her beloved husband. But as an accident would be sufficient to get a bit of cash. Martha decides that the best accident to get them out of this situation was for Emil to accidentally chop his leg off with an no. axe. <laughs> And for some god knows reason, he goes, yeah, all right. What? <laughs> I'll do it. He's going to lose a leg. He's going to lose a leg. So one... <laughs> I, I was thinking that, like, is it, like, it won't be as extravagant as I accidentally chopped my leg off and checked my arm up. Oh, no, it really <laughs> well, is. It really is. Oh, the highly suggestible type, <laughs> indeed. So Emil is outside splitting wood, and after building up the courage, as I imagine it one would have to. He swings the axe down just below the knee. <gasps> Disaster. The axe lodges in the bone. Doesn't sever, it just sticks there. Yes! This, this won't do at all, though. The leg needs to come off completely for the maximum insurance payout. What? Um, and, well, we've come this far. So now Emile is lying on the ground, screaming in agony. Uh, Martha arrives, takes the axe handle, wrenches it out of his leg, swings the axe down herself. Oh, come on. The bloody and mangled leg is still attached to the damn thing. <laughs> the third swing does the trick, and away comes the leg, with now Emile now whimpering on the ground and bleeding out. Um, yeah. Martha decides to go for help. Oh, then? <laughs> then just like, yeah, okay, you're just spewing blood everywhere. I'll yeah. leave this scene with leg in hand. <laughs> Absolutely. Did they sharpen the axe at well, all? Well, not enough, it would seem. No. Or he just a very bad aim. I don't know. I've yeah. never tried to axe my leg. It's, it's, um, it's famously difficult. Yeah. Emil gets settled in hospital uh, with his stump bandaged. Martha goes straight to the insurance company. Woe is us, she cries. My beloved husband has such a terrible, terrible accident. He shall never be able to work again. Money, please. <laughs> <laughs> the insurance company is unsurprisingly suspicious about this turn of events. You only took out this policy yesterday. Oh, come on. Um, they didn't and he's do it the next already day. had an accident. How very, very unfortunate for you. Did she take out the insurance policy while holding the axe? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> Swinging it just, into a hand. Just a new bag full of axes that <laughs> she's just been to the shop and bought. And Emil's sitting there very wide-eyed and sweating. <laughs> Red dots around his leg. <laughs> so a doctor examines Emil's leg and reports that unless he accidentally axes his own leg three times, then no, this has clearly been done intentionally. Mm. Plus the angles of the cuts are all wrong for someone who's done this to themselves. Um, yeah. So they know that this is not right, this is not right at all. The insurance company is amazed at the lengths that some people would go to to get their payout. And the mm. Marricks are charged with insurance fraud. But again, Martha is not going down without a fight. She has a plan. She has a backup plan. In the hospital. More axes. More axes. In the hospital, Martha finds a nurse and pays her to say that the doctor who had examined Emil was himself in the pay of the insurance company and had been bribed by them to write this damning report. Oh, okay. Well, that, that, that's quite clever. Yeah, but that's a bit, quite bit cunning going on there. Have, as I just thought she was going to find a nurse and axe her. <laughs> or just get her to hold an axe and go, look, demonstrate on all these patients. It's fine. No, no, she doesn't do that. Um, this result, results in quite a protracted legal case and it is picked up by the papers. And it is blown into this huge battle between the large and evil insurance company trying to do everything they can to avoid paying out and the beautiful young couple afflicted by a tragic accident Mm. who are only trying to get a buy. But there's the evil insurance company going, no, the public are 100% on the Marrick side. And eventually the insurance company drop the fraud charges. Wow. (laughs) Ooh, good, good ploy. Unfortunately, halfway through the trial, the nurse throws a spanner in the works and demands more money from the Marrick and Martha refuses. Mm. 
the nurse goes to the police and tells them how she she's been paid to lie. Both husband and wife are sentenced to four months each for bribery. And the nurse herself receives a six-week sentence for accepting the initial bribe and then attempting to blackmail the bribers. <laughs> <laughs> so it slightly backfires on her as well. Yeah, it does backfire. Like, I will get off scot-free. Wait, what? Mm. But despite the, the partial guilt of this couple, the public are still crying out about the injustices suffered by the Marricks from this insurance company. Yeah. Um, you can see what lengths they had to go for in the name of justice, they, the papers cry. The insurance company eventually agrees to settle out of court to bring the whole thing to the end. And they pay the Marricks a third of the insurance policy, £45,000, oh. just to go away. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a lot of money to make someone Absolutely. just shut up. But just then again, insurance... Bad public, a huge amount of bad publicity going on. The Marricks are tired of Vienna now and the increasing publicity the case has brought them. And they decide to move away. They will take their payout and start a new life. So maybe somewhere a bit cheaper. And so in 1928, they moved to Algiers in North Africa. Oh, very fashionable. Which at the time was a French colony, mm. uh, full of Europeans, a much cheaper cost of living. Mm. And as Europeans, they can hope for a slightly better standard of life than they could have ordinarily afford in Austria. Emile tries his hand at setting up several businesses. With his training as an engineer, he should have been snapped up by anyone wanting his skills. Yeah. Uh, but he is unable to hold down a job. His one-leggedness proves quite the drawback oh, yeah. um, in this regard. And also... This is a man who supposedly accidentally cut off his own leg. Um, it doesn't inspire confidence and trust in he's going to get things done. <laughs> and he sounds like he's so stupid that that's what he would say. He comes for his job interview or his business interview with a bank and they're like, oh, so how did you lose your leg? I cut it off myself. I cut it off myself because my wife told me. three times swung the axe. They're like, okay, well, goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, so it's not going overly well. Cost of these failed enterprises eat into the the payout, the lump sum they have. Now, and Martha has not exactly got a frugal lifestyle either. No. And they also got a growing family now. Okay. While in Algeria, they have two children. At least in Vienna, they have people they could turn to if they had to. They had mm. contacts. They had acquaintances there. And in Algeria, they knew no one. Yeah. They are forced to return to Austria, spending the very last of their money on their tickets back. Uh. They arrive penniless with two children, Alphonse and Ingberg, in tow. Life is so tough that Martha is forced to sell vegetables on the street to bring in any money that vegetables, she could. Vegetables! Vegetables <laughs> on the streets of Vienna! That's it, is it? That's it. I, I, I don't know exactly which vegetable she sold, but I'm quite sure there was a radish amongst them. Oh, I would uh, hope. Did you, did you, okay, right, Nick, did you research if radishes are native to Vienna. God damn it, I have done stories in the past and I have checked the kind of nuts they, that were in Australia. They could have ordered them in. Ordered, the, ordered them? There was, there was no Amazon at the time in well, Deliveroo. You, you can ship things around the world. This and is still a time of globalisation. She's standing there with a cart. She's not got an international supply. <laughs> just I, don't, I don't know, okay. <laughs> Stop picking holes in it. You just wanted to make that Goddamn radish cocktail. If you find another ingredient in this, then you go for <laughs> leg, it. Leg! A leg! There you go. 
Okay. Classic cocktail ingredient. Uh, legless? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, fine. I will give you radishes. Um, How kind you are. I am very kind. Martha is desperate to regain some of the life that she had. Back in Vienna, she is now surrounded by all the shops that she once visited, all the restaurants she once ate at, all the rich homes that she used to visit. She's now on the street with her cart of radishes. Oh, you paint a lovely picture. I know. It's you delightful, isn't it? I did like <laughs> A new plan is needed. Perhaps not new, but maybe modified. The insurance thing... Yeah, it's worked-ish. Oh. Maybe we could try that again. Oh, God. But this time, Emil had no choice in the matter. In July 1932, Emil starts to feel very unwell. <sighs> He's having difficulty swallowing. He has horrid stomach pains, nausea and diarrhoea. His arms and legs are numb and tingly. What's left of them? What's left of them is, yes, his arms and leg were <laughs> numb and tingly. A week or so after his symptoms start, his hair begins to fall out. Oh no. This goes downhill incredibly fast. By the end of July, Emil is dead. Oy. TB, say the doctors. TB, tuberculosis, very sad, but that's all there is to it. Sign away. That's it. Oh yeah, very sad. Very, very sad. Emil was probably told whatever she said. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's dead by now. Yes, exactly. um. <laughs> well, no, but when his hair was falling out, going, oh, my hair's falling out. I don't, that's not a symptom of TB. No, it's a symptom of of lying down too much yeah. and bed sheets. Well, by the time the doctors arrive, she's brushed the hair away. And No, he's always been bald. <laughs> <laughs> Martha goes to the insurance company. Death certificate in hand. This time, no questions are asked. And mm. Martha leaves considerably richer. Well, she's caused such problems in the past. They don't really want to mess with her, <laughs> do they? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Only a few weeks later, Martha's seven-year-old daughter, Ingberg, dies with similar no. symptoms. No. Oh no, come on now. Yeah, the come doctors on now. are again very sympathetic, but again, TB. It's a tragic thing. Oh, Martha this is collects getting... money on the child's small life insurance policy. Oh no, this is getting dark. This is getting yeah. dark. And a bit grim. 
Mm. The fun times have ended. Now, these two deaths are so close together that, again, they catch the attention of the papers. And once they realise that it, it's Martha Marrick, the insurance company crusader from a few years back, the tragedy is splashed across the newspapers. Oh. Now, far from being angry at this intrusion into her grief, Martha laps up the attention. And this wave of compassion that it generates, people even send in donations for her and her son, which, mm. of course, she readily accepts. Yeah. This new bout of publicity even brings out an ageing and wealthy aunt out of the woodwork. What? Suzanne Lowenstein. Now, where the hell she has been all of Martha's life, I have no idea. Based on the surname, she must have been from her father's side, so her father's sister. And she, as she still has the Lowenstein name, I assume she never marries. So where the hell this wealth has come from, I have no idea also. And why she had left her brother and family to live in poverty and did nothing when her young niece was orphaned, God knows. But here she is now, full of care and concern for her long-lost niece and wanting to make Martha her sole heir. What? That's weird. (laughs) Well, maybe the publicity. She's been very famous as this crusader, as you said, the crusader against insurance fraud. Oh, the tragedy that has befallen her. Now she is, ooh, she's getting lots of attention. I shall get attention as well. Uh, but making it's, it's, it's a it's a it's weird a thing tenuous, that it's a weird it? it's very tenuous that she would now suddenly make herself known this aunt but she but she does and she says i want to make you my heir i have no children of my own i have this lovely house and this these lovely things and martha moves in with her aunt to help care for her in her old age yeah she doesn't have to care for her long though oh. um as within a month susan lowenstein is dead shocking just like Emile and Imburg, Suzanne exhibits strange symptoms before her death. She finds it difficult to swallow. Her limbs are numb. Her hair starts falling out just as before. Her death is attributed to tuberculosis. Really? Interesting. Again, the money comes rolling in. She now has her aunt's house, a modest inheritance, but enough to not have to worry if she had been sensible about things. Mm. Um, Unsurprisingly, she is not sensible about things, and the money is gone within a couple of years. At least this time, she has the forethought to keep hold of the house, and rather than sell it off for a lump sum, she decides to take in lodgers and actually start earning some cash. A man... Oh. Oh. (laughs) The fear in your eyes there. Okay. A man named Neumann. And an elderly woman with the most excellent name yes. of Felicitas Kittenberg. Whoa! Oh, whoa! Felicitas. <laughs> Felicitas. Felicitas. Felicitas Kittenberg. Felicitas Kittenberg. Oh my God! I want to call a cat that name. Yes, it's going to be my new. My Another cat's reason name. for why you need to get a cat. Felicitas Kittenberg Felicitas needs to Kittenberg. hang out with Cornelius Van Bigboofs. <laughs> And they should wed and they should dance in Vienna. It'll be oh, delightful. Oh my God. Yes. Please tell me nothing happens to her. Oh. Martha is the very essence of kindness to her tenants. Oh. Running errands for them, keeping them company, whispering nice things in their ear like, where are your children? Why haven't they come to see you? I am so much nicer than them. Leave me all your shiny things. <laughs> <laughs> Within two months of Miss Kittenberg's arrival, she is dead. No, surely not. Not her. Not, not Felicitas. All the people. Not Felicitas. She was not Felicitas in her choice of lodgings. The small insurance policy that had been taken out in Martha's name was duly paid out. Oh. And Martha walks away with the equivalent of £3,000. <laughs> this is not enough. No. How could she be expected to live on such a pitiful amount of money? But the insurance thing is working out well. Yeah. It's going okay for Martha, but let's change it up a bit. She thought, let's try something a bit different. She arranges for some expensive paintings from her aunt's house to be taken away in the middle of the night and put into a warehouse. The next day, when she comes downstairs, she 
starts shouting and running to the street. Someone has stolen my lovely paintings. They were my only reminder of my beloved aunt. Who would do such a terrible thing? I am but a poor widower. She does this all the way to the insurance office. Yes, screaming and (laughs) shouting. The paintings are just weird sketches. (laughs) The insurance firm ask a detective, Ignatz Peters. Another good name. Another good name to investigate, as the payout would have been quite considerable. Mm. Um, so they need to do some investigating this before they go, yeah, okay, here's a check. In a <laughs> desperately unlucky coincidence for Martha, it turns out that Detective Peters had also worked on the accidental axing claim oh. that, Mar- that the Marricks had made years earlier. And he and must have Instantly, smarted. he's going... Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. He was as he wanted to bring that bitch Absolutely. down for years. And he, he was... starts digging. He starts going, I'm not letting this one go. No. He speaks to neighbours and they remember seeing a large van in the middle of the night and people coming and going from the house and they assumed things were being packed away or it was all far too casual to be a robbery unless very, very confident burglars. Um, <laughs> I mean, that that does keep me up at night sometimes. You think, like, you see removal people outside someone's house, and I'm going, what if they're stealing What, what if they're stealing stuff? stuff? Just really casually. Really confident. Confidently nicking everything. Oh, no, you would no. never question them, would you? Like a removals van outside. You're not no. going to question it. Oh, you will now. But the detective thinks, no, no, no. Removals people, they generally don't come in the middle of the night. That's not a <laughs> usual time for them to work. If you have a removal company that says, what time will you pick this up? In the dead of in night. In the dead of night. <laughs> don't hire them. No, no, no. He starts searching warehouses, and soon he locates the hidden artwork martha's fraud is again exposed and she is thrown into prison hurled hurled she is hurled into prison physically (laughs) once again her name hits the headlines two fraud cases a dead husband a dead daughter a dead aunt a dead lodger how terribly unlucky she is (laughs) oh god come on (laughs) reading of the martha's arrest the son of mrs kittenberger the lodger He went to the police to tell them that he was sure that Martha Merrick had poisoned his mother to obtain the insurance money. She was not at all ill or unwell. There was no reason for her to just drop dead. Now, the police at this point are beginning to suspect something might be slightly awry. They're a bit Uh, slow. They have been a bit slow, but now they're going... And especially with Detective Peter's sort of results about the, about the art, they go, no, 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 something's wrong here. And they use these accusations as an excuse to have Martha's nearest and dearest exhumed and examined. The police discovered that all bodies had been poisoned with thallium. Thallium! I knew it would be thallium! I knew it would! With the hair loss, I was like, oh, I bet it's thallium! I bet it's thallium! We haven't had thallium in so long! Well, it's, been, it's been a while, it's been a while indeed. So thallium, is to say, it's a colourless, odourless, tasteless <laughs> compound. It's Nothing. It's just Um, easily concealed in food and drink. At the time, it was commonly used in rat poison and insecticides and such like. The doctors are even able to identify the brand of rat poison that has been used in these murders. It's 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 called Zelio paste. Zelio paste. Zelio paste. Oh, a nice upgrade on rough on rats. <laughs> yes, indeed. Zelio paste. This is the Austrian equivalent. One thing has troubled Detective Peters. Um, one thing. Well, well, one one thing. He has remembered that Martha has another child, Alphonse. The yeah, son. I was going to say. Where? What has happened to him? Where? Did, where? Where, he, where? Where is he where going he on? It? Luckily, with his further investigating skills, he finds the boy alone in a boarding house in a poor district of Vienna, oh, no. and he is just in time. The boy who had recently been insured by. His mother is lying in bed, dying from thallium poisoning. But he's got. But the detective's timely arrival. He is rushed to hospital and he survives. He recovers from this. Martha Marrick is charged with four murders. In court, she fakes seizures and blindness. Um, (laughs) 
and it has to be carried into the courtroom in a specially constructed chair. What, what, why is it a specially constructed chair? I don't chair? know. I don't just know. for carrying or just, just for, that just it had for carrying lots of sequins on it? <laughs> Just adorned with a whole kind of array of radishes. <laughs> that the was the reports are a specially constructed chair. What is special about it, I don't know. Just, um, why not a wheelchair, but it's for God's just, sake? It's just not a chair. Fake seizures and blind... Well, how did you fake blindness? I don't and know. Why? Running into doors or something like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I come closer. I cannot see. I couldn't possibly kill anyone. I'm blind. I'm completely blind. I think potentially to try and evoke some sort of sympathy from oh, the oh, jury or something obviously. like that. Uh, I mean, obviously, it doesn't work in the mm-hmm. slightest. And she's convicted of murdering Lowenstein, Kittenberger, her husband and her daughter. Good. On May the 19th, 1938, she is sentenced to death. Oh, yes, for death Now, at the time, though, it is tradition that a woman sentenced to death in Austria would have her sentence commuted to life, to life imprisonment. imprisonment. There's a leniency thing. It's mm. all very nice. We don't kill women here. But, and so the jury would have no doubt anticipated this when passing the sentence. Mm. But what they hadn't counted on, though, was that in March of that year, Nazi Germany had marched into Austria and annexed the country as part of the Third Reich and reinstated the death penalty for oh. all. <laughs> Oh, bloody hell, yes, that Uh, happened. That happened. Old traditions are not important as they once were. Martha's lawyers even wrote to Adolf Hitler to request clemency. Famously kind and clement man. Not known for his forgiving ways. Um, He refuses the petition and the death sentence stood. And I'm I'm sure the maiden name of Lowenstein didn't help. No, oh God. Um, (laughs) Wow, what a coincidence. That piece of history. Oh, Jesus. She's an awful, awful, awful person. Yeah, well, indeed. So the death sentence stands. She is going to be executed. Oh, my God. In many reports, it is actually said that Martha is executed with an axe. No. Uh, which would have been particularly fitting. But it turns out that this is actually is an error in translation. Oh, really? Um, the German for guillotine is Fallbeel. Okay. Which literally translates as plunging hatchet. Oh God! <laughs> so in English papers, when they they see this a word, hatchet. they think it's a strike of an axe has has killed. I think that's this a bit woman. of liberty taken by the journalist. Well, potentially, they would know it's the fucking guillotine. I don't know, but that that is what reported that she is executed by, by an axe. axe. Oh, by an for axe. all of her, for all um, her crimes of justice, is me too. But it, it is not. Is it is in fact a guillotine? So it is on the December the sixth, nineteen thirty-eight, that Martha Marrick is the first person to be executed on a shiny new guillotine that has just been shipped in from Berlin. <sighs> And she is the first woman executed in Austria in over 30 years. Wow. This is a story of Martha Maddock and her rather crazy insurance-based ways. Da-da-da! <laughs> wow! Good story, Nick. Never heard that story <laughs> no, before. Indeed. That's amazing! <laughs> oh, her husband was so stupid. <laughs> her husband was so stupid. I'm sorry, Emil, but come on. Oh, Emil, you didn't deserve to die. But for goodness sake... Don't lop off your leg, no matter how much you love someone. Yeah. So these days, you have insane insurance policies on celebrities because that's how they make their money. Mm. So something like Mar- Mariah Carey's voice is insured for something like $5 million. So if anything oh, happens God, to her throat. More than that, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then there's things like, you know, uh, Beyonce's ass. Yeah, I'm not even kidding. his fingers and things. Peeing so his fingers and, and stuff like that. Shakira's hips, obviously, yeah. they don't lie. <laughs> but these huge insurance policies on that and go like, well, if anything happened to them, that's my livelihood gone. But, oh God, your poor husband's limb. <laughs> well, let's just lop off your leg. He doesn't need it. And he went, yes. Oh. Yeah, that's the mad thing. He went, yeah, all right. There may have been some persuasion involved. But, but he's also stupid to think that one axe blow will cut off your leg. If he's an engineer, force 
plus determination. Yeah. I mean, no. he's not a smart man. How, say, he's described as an engineer. I don't know, if he just liked trains, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels in the bit go round and round. So, That's a train. No. Oh, wait a minute. So, he could have been that level of engineer, I don't know. Oh, bless um, his heart. Ah, doesn't it go to show <laughs> the greed and what it will do to you? Yeah. So obviously a very sad childhood and... Oh, know, indeed. But had it been indoctrined into this fancy life by dirty old man, yeah, obviously. Who, who did look after her and did give her all of this yeah. money. I just don't... Still, after 75 episodes, I can't understand the people where it's like you have the equivalent of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Absolutely. Millions even in some cases. Just... Just don't have an agroni every six seconds. That's all we're saying. Don't order the latest fashion every single day. Yeah. Just 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 tone it down. Have a night in. Yeah. Make a casserole. That's all you need to do. But just how they can burn through money and then mm-hmm. just be so determined and so they greedy that they will resort to murder. Lived a incredibly comfortable mm. lifestyle, both of them, for the rest of their lives in a mansion in the forest if they had just gone been a bit careful and yeah. just kept an eye on things but they um, just see it as collateral went, damage nah we can do whatever the hell we want yeah money is no object and we clearly it was <laughs> it's amazing how quickly that turned from insurance fraud on the leg to okay i'm gonna kill the husband may as well kill the kids as may, well yeah, well yeah that's the scary thing from the yeah. husband in it within a couple of weeks mm. to go from husband to i'm gonna kill my daughter that's yeah. a major leap. Husband who can't work anymore because of he hasn't got a leg. Yeah. He's, he's a burden. He's yeah, he's costing money. And then the kids are costing but, money too, though. But to then go, it's also you, you be a human being. Well, Jesus. yeah, well, exactly. And then open a lodging house and then go, come in, come in, people. <laughs> Just that's what greed will do to you. Well, indeed. Mm. Well, it will. Well, it will. Incredible piece of history at the end there as well. That the. the death sentence mm. and the life imprisonment you know it being commuted to life imprisonment was turned over by the nazis yes okay so as i say not known for their happy, happy go lucky ways no they're going to very much advocate for executions to be fine we have plans trust me <laughs> which is very dark yeah. obviously oh good story nick good story a crazy story but there were radishes there, there were, were hats, radishes hats. there was a mansion in the woods there what was... more do you want in a story nothing nothing, nothing. i could have asked you for. couldn't ask for anything more what do you think people do you know the story of martha and her greedy ways her ways with insurance how stupid do you think her husband was <laughs> do you think he just went along with this or was she coming at him with an axe it could have been that. I mean, also, I mean, because it was the day after. So I don't think he, he was given a huge amount of time to think about it. Plan out the staging. <laughs> yeah. The day after. I mean, it, it sort of makes me think that's why now you have insurance policies going, look, we're not going to pay out if this happens next week. Okay. Absolutely. We've said yeah. that. We've said that. Because people tried it. <laughs> but was the husband, how stupid do you think he was? What other stupid things do you think he did? <laughs> how far on the bastardometer does Martha register? Yeah, we haven't had that for a while. We haven't had, the bastardometer hasn't come out for a while. So No, she yeah. Pretty, she I pretty think she's evil. pretty pretty high on that. Pretty high on that. Fairly it just, ruthless. Yeah. It degenerated quickly. Yeah. So tell us your thoughts. Tell us your theories. Share your views on this story on any of the social media channels you follow. Feel free to message us or email us if that's your preferred method of communication. You know what? I did finish the Red King. Uh, so did I. I have to say, for me, it got stronger and stronger and stronger in radishiness and I, the last bit I found quite unpleasant it got better for me I think you got the opposites uh, it got better for me for the first taste I felt it was very sour very grapefruity it was a lot 
after a while my taste buds got used to it and I was like okay it's, it's, a, it's a perfectly pleasant drink nothing world beating not where I'm going to no. go give us another one of those it's put me in the mood for more drinking because it's quite strong so give it a go radish try fans it, out there it, absolutely if, if you're not bothered about a radish don't just yeah, make I'm, a different just, cocktail yeah <laughs> make the same cocktail without the radish it might be quite nice very much so the radish doesn't hurt it but it's a faff and it doesn't seem to add that much to it but if you're curious and or you know what substitute it for another root vegetable well this is very true yeah I want to eat versions with cucumbers and oh, no, that's parsnips weird. that's watery a parsnip fine parsnip I can get on board muddle with. a parsnip muddle a parsnip in the- I love parsnips <laughs> love a parsnip yes do you have any other vegetable based cocktails that that's you true. think we should apart do apart from vodka well not vo- no not the spirits no what do you add vegetables to a spirit I'm not a bloody Mary not a bloody Mary but what other vegetable based cocktails could we be making send us your ideas send us your thoughts and send us and share your pictures of your cocktails on social media wherever you're enjoying them we love to see them whether there are ones or whether they're just a damn fine drink that we need to know about I want to know about them tag us in the pictures and make sure you join us on Patreon if you haven't already and check out our merch store if you want to adorn yourself for the latest Poisoner Cabinet fashions (laughs) thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye-bye.